So how is everybody doing today? Okay. Uh, well, I'll take that as everybody's doing wonderful, awesome, great. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm doing pretty well, even though uh, maybe some of you have days like this where things just don't go quite the way you plan for them to go. Any of you ever have something like that happen? Oh, yeah, yeah. So how many of you ever have those times when you make yourself checklists and you do all the things that you're supposed to do, and then you realize at some point that you forgot to do something on your checklist? Do any of you ever have that happen? Some of you have had that happen. How many of you have tried to get a new version today to check the event today? And how many of you have found it? Yeah. Um, well, allow me to explain. Um, so I didn't publish the event no problem. Um, there's this little green button you have to push when you're finished with it that says publish, and you do that so that all of you uh, can see it. And I didn't do that. So not only can you not see it, but I can't see it, right? And um, I was planning on it so that I could use it as I guide myself along through what I'm going to say today because I don't have a backup uh, of my notes. So if you all think you're having a rough time right now, um, wow, right? So here's the cool thing. I remember most of it, but I definitely don't remember all of it, okay? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to try my best to walk through this. We're starting a brand new series today called Transparent, okay? I at least have the, oh, wait, I have notes up here. Yes. Oh, God is good. I tell you what. Um, so here's what you can do today. If, if this is your first time with us, you're probably thinking, who is this little guy up here, right? Like, what's, what's his issue? Um, my name is Brian. I'm the pastor here at the church. Sometimes I get to do music. Um, sometimes I get to do music with my kid, my son over here, Isaiah. Um, that always makes me happy to be able to do that. Um, but my primary role here is like the pastor, so that's kind of what I'm supposed to do, which includes publishing notes that I sometimes forget to do. Um, but none of us are perfect, right? Right. So hopefully you'll give me some grace today. That would be really awesome if you would do that. Um, and then I'll give you as much grace as you need. Um, but if you're in you version, here's what you can do. You can turn to Psalm 139, Okay. Uh, because what we're going to do is we're going to kind of read through Psalm 139 together. And as we do that, we're going to look at the idea of transparency as we look at a Psalm of David, okay? Um, if you're familiar with David, you know that David's life was a, a really interesting story that is told in the Bible. David is called a man after God's own heart. Uh, David was the second king of Israel, anointed um, to replace Saul. Um, he had a, a lot of great things happen in his life, and he had some not-so-great things happen uh, in his life. But one thing about David that we find as we read through Scripture, especially the Psalms, is that David was a man who understood the importance of transparency. And so this whole series is going to walk us through the idea of why it is important for us to be transparent if we want to function like a family. We're talking this year, 2020, about learning how to be a family. Now, one thing that stands out to me 
that I find really interesting. Savannah and I were up here talking this morning about these big pockets of open area in the, in the building here. And we kind of joked about, well, I, I guess people just don't like being around other people or something, right? They kind of want to get as far as they can away from other people. It's just a joke, okay? But let me tell you one interesting thing. If you can see up here in the front, I'm not picking on all of you up front here, okay? Uh, we have a baptism later in the service, and so there's a lot of family here. Now, I want you to notice where the family is sitting. Y'all see anything interesting about how the family is, like, as close together as they can get? Y'all notice this? Yeah? So they're all sitting, like, close. Half of them aren't over here, and half of them over there, and in the back. They're all, like, really close together. And so that's interesting to me because we as a church call ourselves a family, don't we? We, like, we call ourselves a family, but then when we come to church, we're like, how can I get as far away from other people? Now, I'm not saying that you intentionally do that, okay? Some of you just like your seats, right? Okay? Because you've been sitting in them for a long time. My friends, Gerald and Joyce Hunt back here, right? Been at this church for, I don't even know how long. How many years? 40! Count them up, right? That's almost as long as I've been alive. And as long as I've known them, this is where they sit. This is like they're, that's, they're comfortable there. It's like if you ask them to sit somewhere else, they're like, they can't focus and function because it's like weird. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of you are the same way, right? Okay. So I'm not picking on any of you. Okay. So just relax if you feel like I'm picking at you. But I said all of that to say this. Okay. Transparency, right, is an important part of being a family. If we want to be really close and have intimate relationships with other people, transparency is important. Today, what we're going to focus on is transparency before God, because that has to come first. We have to understand what it means to be transparent before God. So what we're going to do is walk through Psalm 139 together, and we're going to look at what David has to say in the psalm about transparency before God. So I'm going to try to pull it up here uh, on, my, on my device, and the rest of you can do the same. So turn to Psalms. Dang it, see if I can find it there. Psalms. Oh my goodness, there's so many chapters. 150 of them, and I gotta find 139. Here we go. Psalm 139. I'm gonna be reading with you from the New Living Translation. If you're reading from a different translation, that's fine. Uh, follow along, and we'll pause after each section here. Okay. Before we do this, let's cover one thing, and that is what am I meaning when I say transparent? So if we could fire up the definition for transparent. The word transparent, according to the dictionary, says this, it is something that allows light to pass through so that objects behind can be distinctly seen, okay? So let's think about what transparent means. Transparent means allowing light to pass through so that objects behind can be distinctly seen. So a window, for instance, typically if it's clean, right, would be transparent. Light could pass through it so you could see what's on the other side of it. Now, you may not be able to pass through it easily. You all follow what I'm saying there? But light passes through it so that you can see it. So we're not talking about transparency in terms of, like, being, people being able to get to us necessarily, all right? But when we say transparent, we're talking about the idea that what's inside of us can be clearly seen. Do you all follow me? Now, I want you to keep that definition in mind as we go through this idea of transparency according to Psalm 139. Something that allows light to pass through so that objects behind it can be distinctly and clearly seen. So let's start with 139 verse 1. David says this, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. 
You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it. Lord, you go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great to understand. So what David is essentially saying here in this first section, David is acknowledging throughout this psalm three important things about God. Okay, now there's more than that, but three big things. The first one is that God knows. Okay, so our first note should come up here and it should say, hopefully if I have them in the right order up here. Uh, Three things David says about God, he knows. Now, we can also call this omniscience. So sometimes in the church world, we use terms like omniscience, omnipotence, and omnipresence, okay? This word omniscience just basically means God knows everything. And David is acknowledging here that God knows, okay? He says, what does he say? What's the first thing that comes up there? God knows. What does he know? He knows. Yep. I need the next slide, please. Okay, here we go. He knows what we do in verses 1 through 3. He knows what we think, which we find in verse 2, and he knows the things that we say, right? So David is acknowledging in this passage that God knows all of this stuff. He knows what we do, he knows what we think, and he knows what we say, okay? So God knows. This also applies to each one of us, right? God knows what you do, and he knows what I do, right? So there's nothing that we can really hide from God. Okay, so some of you might be thinking, well, wait a second, if God already knows, why are we talking about transparency? We'll get to that. Just just stay with me. Can you do that? Yes, good, thank you. He knows what we do, he knows our thoughts, he knows what we think, and he knows what we say. So the first section of Psalm 139, David is acknowledging about God that he knows, that he's omniscient. I'm sure that the word omniscient did not exist in David's time, it hadn't yet been thought up yet, okay? So we're just going to say that God knows. Now, reading in verse 7, David goes on, and he doesn't just stop with God knowing. He says, I can never escape from your spirit, and I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, he says, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you're there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you because to you, the night shines bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. So in the first few verses, we found that God knows his omniscience. In the second part of this passage, we find that God is, okay? God knows And now David is shifting his idea to God is. What is God? Well, God is everywhere all the time, omnipresent. And David is acknowledging this. So in this particular passage, David says that he is, can you fire my next couple of things up there? He's everywhere in verses 7 through 10. There's nowhere that we can go to escape God. And he is light and darkness. Now, I want you to remember our definition of transparency from earlier, right? Our earlier definition of transparency said it's something that light can pass through. Yes? What is God referred to here as in in this section that David says that God is light in darkness? Right? So he's acknowledging 
that God is this light. Even in darkness, I can't hide from you. Why? Because to you, the night shines as bright as the day. Darkness and night, light are the same to you. The Bible tells us that, that God is like this light, and this light cannot be darkened. Not all the darkness in the world can put out this light. God is that. And so David is acknowledging not only that God knows everything, but that God is everywhere all the time. He even calls God light. He's like, I can't even go into the darkness to escape from you. I think we all know that there are times when we just want to escape from everything, right? We just want to escape from everything. We want to go somewhere where nobody knows anything. And when we're getting ready to do something that we know we shouldn't do, how many of us want to be around other people when we're doing that? Right? How many of us want people looking in? We try to go to a dark spot where nobody's looking, right? Okay? That's why a lot of bad things happen at nighttime, okay? Kids, when your parents tell you nothing good happens after 10 o'clock, that's kind of what they're talking about, okay? Right? So David says God knows, and then David goes on and he says that God is. But he doesn't stop there. He covers the omniscience. He covers the omnipresence. And then he moves on, and as he goes on into verse 13, he says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. David acknowledges first that God knows. Then he says God is. And in this second, or I'm sorry, this third part here, he recognizes that God does, right? That God does. God knows, God is, and God does. Well, what exactly is it that God does? What things does God do? Well, God can do anything, right? David, in this section, acknowledges that the first thing that God does is he creates, right? So he says God creates. If you read back through verses 13 and 15, you made me, or you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. God makes, he creates everything. But the other thing that God does is not just create, but God appoints. And what we mean when we say appoints here is that God has appointed things for you to do in your life. Y'all follow me there? Now this verse makes it sound like we don't have any choice, that, that everything that we're going to do is is preconceived and, and is already laid out. But what, the way I interpret this, the way I understand this, is that God doesn't make us do all the things that we do. God gives us opportunities to do the things he lays out for us to do. So God has appointed things in your life for you to do. And I think all of you are aware of this, that as you go throughout your life, you're presented with opportunities, right? Some of those opportunities we take and some we don't. Some we see and some we don't. Some we like, some we don't. Okay? But God appoints things for all of us, including David, who's writing this psalm, to do. So God creates us. God appoints things for us to do. But then this last part is that God stays. And I want you to read this again. God stays. He doesn't leave us. In verses 17, he says, How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And then he closes with this. And when I wake up, what happens? You are still with me, right? 
that God is always with us. In other parts of Scripture, it tells us he will never leave us, that he'll never forsake us. David acknowledges that God knows. He acknowledges that God is, and he acknowledges that God does. And this is the omnipotence. We talked about that earlier, that God can do anything. And so he says about God, God, basically, you know everything, right? You are everything, and you can do everything. He acknowledges this about God. Now, why does that matter? Why is that important? Because I think it's important for us, number one, to recognize these things about God. Because if we don't, if we don't understand these things, we cannot really value and understand transparency. Now, earlier I said to you, well, if God already knows, and he knows everything, he sees everything, he is everywhere, and he does everything, why does it matter if I even care about transparency? Because he sees everything anyway. Y'all with me? How many of you have, like, that thought? You're like, okay, well, why does it matter, right? Well, let me ask you this question. Let's say that you have, um, I don't know, some spyware on your child's phone. You have a child, they're a teenager. I have teenagers, right? I have Life360 on my phone. My kids have it, which means this. I can pull up any time and see exactly where they are. That's not true. I can see where their phone is, right? Assuming that their phone is with them. You know teenagers, they don't like to be without their phone, okay? I do not have a chip implanted in the back of their neck or anything like that, okay? But I can see where they are at any moment. Now, as a parent, do you think that my relationship is better or worse when my child comes to me and tells me where they're going versus me having to find out by spying on them? Right? When is the relationship better? When they tell me. Now, the idea here is that I can find out. But when they're transparent with me, my relationship is different, yes? You can apply the same line of thinking to your spouse if you're married. Like, there are things you can find out about your spouse, yes? Things that you may or may not want to know. But is your relationship better or worse when they're open and honest and transparent with you about it, or if you have to find out some other way? You see, I'm not saying that there aren't things that your spouse can do to you that would destroy your relationship beyond repair, okay? What I am saying, though, is there's value in transparency in a relationship, yes? If you come to me and you're open and honest and real with me versus me having to find out some other way, it's different. So you see, when we talk about this idea, David recognizes that God already knows everything, that God sees everything, that he is everywhere and he can do anything. And then I want you to notice what he says next, because this is where it really starts to get interesting, because now the real transparency begins. David says this, Oh God, if only you would destroy the wicked. Y'all hear that? Now that doesn't mean God make their life just a little bit difficult. That means destroy them. Listen to what he says. Get out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme you. Your enemies misuse your name. And then listen to what he says. This is strong language, church. Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with total hatred for your enemies are my enemies. Now, how many of you are like, yeah, that sounds about like the, the God that I know, 
Do any of you feel that way? Some of you are probably thinking, I thought the Bible said something about loving your enemies. I feel like there's something in there about loving your enemies and not hating them. And here's David, who's standing before God saying, God, just wipe them out because I hate them with total hatred. Now, let me say this. That's transparency, church, right? You stand before God and you say, God, here's the deal. If it's up to me, just destroy them all, kill them all. Wipe them off the face of the earth because I hate them with a total hatred. That's brutal. But that's brutal honesty. That is David. And if you read through the Psalms, there are lots of places where David is just brutally honest with God. Brutally honest. But you see, it doesn't, it doesn't stop there. David stands before God and is really brutally honest with them. And then I want you to notice what he says last. He closes this whole writing out with these words. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Now, we've already covered that God already knows, right? So if God already knows, why am I telling him to search my heart? What's the point in that? If he already knows, why am I asking him to search me? Y'all follow what I'm saying here. You see, this is where we find David's transparency before God. The first thing that he does in this last moment is he makes a request. We saw that, right? We saw David's request. He wants to wipe these people off the earth. Okay, that's his request, verses 19 and 20. Then he moves on. What's the next thing say up there? Because I've lost it. Then he asks a question. He says, God, should I not hate people who oppose you? Right? I mean, he, he's saying, God, shouldn't I hate them? These people misuse your name. They blaspheme you. They're horrible. They're your enemies. Should I not hate them? So he asks a question. And then the third thing that we see here is that David is honest. He says, I hate them with a total hatred. And then he gives God an invitation. He gives God an invitation. He says, God, after he said all this, he says, search me and know my heart. And then he says, test me and know my anxious thoughts. And then he finishes with, point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. In other words, God, I've shown you all of who I am. Now I need you to show me if I'm right. I need you to show me. Is there something in me that is wrong? Is there something in me that even though I feel so strongly about this that I could be wrong because my thoughts are anxious, because I'm human, because I'm not you? If there's something wrong in me, point it out. And here's the beauty of it. God already knows all of this, right? David isn't saying this for God's benefit. Whose benefit is this for? It's for his benefit. It's for his benefit in his relationship with his God. David wants to be transparent before God. Because let me say this, church. Th this is universally true. If you're hiding, someone from some, hiding something from someone, how comfortable are you around them? Right? My friend Amanda Krause is a forensic accountant. She and Kyle come to church here. They're not here today, but... She's a forensic accountant, and she jokes with me all the time about, um, like, that I take vacations. And she said, obviously, you're not stealing money from the church because you take vacations. 
He's like, people that steal money and embezzle don't take vacations, right? The reason they don't take vacations is because they have to be there all the time to make sure that nobody finds out this thing that they're doing. When I was a kid, I remember a teenager, right? I had this crazy party at my house when my parents were on vacation, and the cops got called to my house. It was ugly, folks. Let me just tell you, it was not good, okay? It was all kinds of bad. And the police officer said to me, listen, we're going to call your parents. Because they, I told them my parents weren't home, right? They were on vacation. So they showed up to my house, and well, they called my house, and one of my friends answered, claiming to be my dad. That was brilliant, right? And so they said, we just want you to know we are going to call your parents and let them know what has happened here. Now, it's going to be four more days before my parents get home. And so for four days, I'm in agony. You know what I mean? Four days, I'm in agony. I'm like, this is horrible. Like, I wonder if they're actually going to call. Maybe they won't call. Right? My parents come home, no phone call. I'm like, hey, maybe, I'm, maybe, I, got off, maybe I got away with it. The next day, no phone call. Right? This goes on for like a week. I got to just tell you something. I could not function in my life because I was terrified every time the phone would ring, right? Like, that's the police, like, that my parents are going to, so finally, I just told my parents. I was like, look, here's the deal. I feel like I'm going to die, right, because I, I just can't take this, this stress anymore, right? You all know, okay, when there is something off in you, when there's something wrong in you, it helps just to be honest about it and be transparent about it. But David goes a step beyond that. And David says, God, this is how I'm feeling. I feel like I'm right. But if I'm not, I need you to tell me that I'm wrong. Y'all follow me there? David feels like he's justified in his hatred. And he goes a step further, and rather than just say, well, I can find a place where it says I should do this, David says, God, search me, and if there's something wrong, let me know. That is transparency. 